welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about outmaneuvering your podcasting partner and finally talking about fate for a whole episode. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we're going to be talking about Tachyon Squadron's initiative system and how it can be used to pretend to be Daredevil. assume that all those bits we did did get recorded okay uh, yeah, i yeah. think that they did i if, think that they did if they didn't and you're listening to this and there aren't bits right now they were very funny yeah they were the hottest bits the, it, just some extra incredible bits extremely topical like we're talking they they were comic book bits they were extremely topical comic book bits like i'm talking 2015 fresh yeah 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 really yeah, which is so, actually really sad that that was the most recent we managed. <laughs> um, so today I want to talk to you, and this is going to be an interesting podcast because this is one of those podcasts where like one of us is kind of going in blind. Yeah, and I think that those are a little fun. I think so too. Uh, we'll I always enjoy see that. How it goes? Yeah. Um, and I don't want to just pull up, so I want to talk about Tachyon Squadron. Woof! That sounds like a word I'm going to pronounce wrong. <laughs> Tachyon. I would prefer not to talk about Tachyon's squadron. Uh, yep. Vito, skip. T-A-C-H-Y-O-N. Um, Yikes. It, it is an evil hat game. It was written by Clark Valentine and uh, Fred Hicks and Chris Hanrahan, Brian Patterson, and all the other folks over there at uh, Evil Hat Productions. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so I'm guessing is, it's fate? It's fate, yes. It's okay. Fate. Um, and the thing that is interesting about it, because, and this is why we're talking about it, it is a... It is a spaceship game. Yeah. It is designed to play Star Wars or um, Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Anything that is a uh, like a fighter pilot focused space okay. combat game. Cool. So, so ace pilots. Yep. You're playing that. ace pilots. Like there are capital ships. There are freighters and stuff like that. But primarily we're talking fighter pilots. Right. In ships, single pilot ships, they have shield, they have lasers, they're doing World War II style dogfighting. It's cool. Yeah. With their World War II style dogs. Which I am. Yes. Yeah. And specifically... Big goggles. Big goggles on those dogs. Oh, big old goggles on them dogs. (laughs) dogs. Uh, (laughs) And specifically, I want to drill in on the engagement system, which I think is really interesting. And the engagement system is kind of how it does turn tracking... Okay. Uh, or or initiative, but it also does more than that. Like it, it is also covering. It, it's also how it how it does stealth, how it does um, advantage, how it how it sort of accounts for the three dimensional nature of space. Okay, interesting. And the way that dogfighting works in this game, and it and it's a very it is a little bit mechanical, and that's the thing that like is always a little bit surprising to me about Fate is that it is always a little bit more mechanical than I remember. Mm-hmm. But it's there to like you like the thing that is interesting about Fate is that it sort of says here are some mechanics, do those mechanics, and they will tell you what has happened in the story. Whereas. Power by the Apocalypse's sort of mentality is more like here there are some mechanics mixed in, but we're never going to really stop and just purely talk about the mechanics, right? Uh, for yeah. the most part, there are some like there are some moves that involve you asking out of character questions, which is probably the closest it gets. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of edge cases. Like a lot of that also comes down to sort of GM style within PBTA that there are plenty of really good reasons to stop and say, hey. 
as a table, let's let's world build this for a moment. Let's writer's room this. Uh, if you've listened yeah. to Jason Cordova run games, uh, he he's uh, over at the Gauntlet. Phenomenal mm-hmm. guy. Uh, hey, the Gauntlet just featured Pasión de las Pasiones, which Ooh. was uh, wild uh, to yeah. listen to. Um, but uh, he always he frequently will take like a moment where he just pulls things out and says, hey, what's the worst thing that could happen here? Or like, let's take a writer's room approach for a moment and really uh, does that. But you're right that it isn't uh, super codified in the rules of the game other than like the GM principle thing. And that's almost more a little bit of and that's still it's different, though, because even that is a lot of like, let's look at. Let's talk about writer's yeah. room type stuff. Let's talk That's about true. the narrative and then how to how to make that happen. And this is more like let's do a series of dice rolls and then interpret those dice rolls as a story. Right, absolutely. Which, which is which is the the thing that that uh that I, I forget who it was that said this, but um it's where like fate is a game that is more fun for people who are playing it than for anyone listening to it sometimes. It can be. Because yes. you've got to have those sort of prolonged let me look at this table. With all these dice on it. So let's just dive in, and I will give you the 30-second version of how this engagement system works. Okay. It's pretty interesting. Your 30 seconds are starting now. So... The the central sort of way that you track this is you uh, so you're familiar with fate dice, right? You have mm-hmm. um, uh, four dice, pluses and minuses and blanks and stuff. Um, and so what you build out is like a, they recommend doing it on a whiteboard or on a on a piece of paper that you can erase on um, or having a, a printed out sheet and then using little ships as miniatures. OK. Um, and you basically build this ladder from like negative nine to positive nine. Okay. And your ships Time. are going to be moving up and down that ladder. Is that my 30 seconds? That was your 30 seconds. I'm sorry, James. Uh, okay. I'm going to have to go a little bit longer. I'm real Thanks sorry. Thanks for listening to Stop Back and Roll. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, so, so you've yeah, so got, you build a ladder from this negative this nine ladder. to positive nine. Um, step one, you do some dice rolling. Okay. To talk about detection. Like the first time you enter combat. Um, and that is kind of the like... The, the ships are very far apart from each other. Everyone's doing scanning. Um, if you're p- literally playing uh, Battlestar Galactica, you're, the, there's the shot of the, the, the commander in the, in the Battlestar looking at the Dreyas system, looking at the radar, yeah. figuring out where the ships are. And so I won't get into the, the actual mechanics of that because that's kind of just a very specific thing. Right. Um, this but is some, not that. Some, some ships will enter, uh, enter combat invisible, basically. Okay. Some things like freighters or space stations always enter at the bottom of the ladder in like a special column and they never move out of that because they're just big okay. and easy to see. Yeah, everyone can um, see it. You then roll a maneuvering roll, which is an overcome roll. You're just doing a, n- a normal roll uh, with tactics. Um, okay. Which is your tactics skill. And basically, and then that, and this, this is kind of like the core of how the, the, this is the, th- the part that I'm interested in works. So you have this chart, and you make your roll. Okay. Um, everyone will roll like a plus five, a plus four, a plus three, a negative two, whatever they're going to roll. Some people are better at tactics. Some people are worse at tactics. I believe that, that it is a, pi- a pilot skill, because some of these skills are pilot-based. Some of these are uh, ship-based. Okay. Um, so you have then everybody is on, an, on, a, on this ladder from negative whatever, negative three to plus nine. Um, and that is the turn order you go in. Okay. And so if you are at plus five and that's the highest that anyone is at, you go first. 
and you can shoot anyone lower than you. Okay. Or take actions against, because it's not always shooting. It could be like targeting or trying to create advantages on, all that sort of stuff. Okay. If you are at three and someone is at five, you can't shoot up at them or act up at them. They are out maneuvering you. Okay, interesting. They are out positioning you, basically. But so we already know that you can't fire at them. Yeah. They are. So, okay, interesting. They may be literally on your tail. Like they may be someone who is behind you. One of the actions you can take okay. is get on someone's tail. Yeah. Um, where you declare that you're going to follow them, basically. And that limits both of your uh, ability to maneuver between turns um, because you're chasing them. Right, yeah. But if I'm just way higher than you, even if I'm not following you, I'm or like specifically following you, I am outmaneuvering you. Okay. This is the thing that is interesting, I think. So then so basically then you get to do actions. Um you do actions against the people who are lower than you, and then at the end of that round, once everyone has taken their action, uh you roll again. If you have if you like broke off from someone or okay. you or like cuz you if you d- if you were able to like get away from someone who was on your tail if you were able to kill the the target that you were chasing okay or if you have chosen to break away from someone you that you were targeting you just do that roll again like it was the first the first turn you find a new position on the ladder oh okay yeah um, and and finding the new position on the ladder is essentially just rolling your four fate dice yep and adding your piloting and that's when you find that's where you, how you find you're saying because if you because if you're saying I am following this person you're not really maneuvering you're following that person so you're right. going to stay at a higher level than they are but you're going to whatever you're not you're going to descend and we'll talk about that in a second um, okay. but if you are just going back to trying to like find a new target or escaping you're now going back into the maneuvering of the dogfight okay yeah that checks out to me um, so are you readjusting your number or are you getting a new number? You are getting a new number. Okay. I believe I'm still like, I've read this game three or three times. I'm, I think I've got it, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a little bit complicated, but it's good. Um, so if you, if you are being chased or you are chasing someone, um, you don't reroll. You just, at the end of the round, everybody drops one. Okay. Cause you're getting um, kind of like enmeshed with them. Yeah, because you, because you go, and it's this is the thing that I think is very interesting. So if I am chasing, if I'm on your tail, if I'm if I'm chasing you in a dogfight, yeah, then I am staying behind you. You can't really maneuver to the fullest of your ability because I've got you locked down, right? But everyone, are, but I also can't maneuver to the fullest of my ability either because I'm following you. Yes. Everyone else sees us and can maneuver around us more easily, which is why we both get outmaneuvered. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. and so the interesting thing that it has there is that you wouldn't want to actually like keep following someone for long periods of time because you, you would drop yeah. pretty low and like their allies might come and get you. Yeah. On the other hand, if you're following them, they will remain they'll remain below your scores. You can continue to attack them. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay, cool. Yeah, I can see how that's an interesting trade-off if you've got allies with you. Yeah. And how that gets real, uh, like a real tough situation if you don't have allies that can guard you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then there are interesting things like there are gun placements on like if you fly near a capital ship um, where they become positioned on the map and they will drop down. Uh, they'll start at a certain level. Basically, they, they function like uh, like um, like enemy ships, but they can okay. own, but they're not going anywhere. They are things that can be targeted on the main ship, and okay. they uh, they move up and down. They can refocus. But so basically, like you might as a as a as a person who is being chased, if you know you have a support ship that has guns that are like at a lower level than you, you might let them chase you. And let everyone descend and try to survive rather than trying to like break away to right. lure them into fire of those guns. Yeah, that checks out. Um, that's that's really cool. That sounds like a slick, a slick little system. Yeah, and it's like it's definitely very mechanical. It's definitely yeah. and there, there's some other stuff that happens too. And then like obviously there's there's stunts and and things like that that give you permission to not move or to maybe shoot upward. Yeah. Um, and then attacking is a whole different thing. I didn't want to get into that. I just wanted to kind of talk no, about yeah. that because that is an interesting way to manage the maneuvering of because it because it is it is sort of like a an initiative system, but it's more about like who is focusing on who and yeah. how can you outmaneuver someone because you could really easily take this system and use it as an initiative tracker. I think for yeah. like for medieval style combat because if you have two knights who are locked in combat they are definitely like maneuvering around each other but a third person could come in and easily man- outmaneuver either of those two people just coming in because, bash, yeah just coming in because they aren't they aren't like they are freer to move Ooh, now i want to like look at this as a like low power superheroes gang fighting thing <laughs> yeah yeah because because i'm 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 unsatisfied with low power superhero games. Um, yeah, but but that's that's interesting to to look at and kind of see the initiative tracker that's doing more than just managing spotlight. Yeah, because I've seen a couple of other things like that. Um, I I can't think of the name of the game, but there was definitely a game that was about duelists that the initiative setup had to do with essentially who had the upper hand in like a fencing sort of way. And you and I mm-hmm. both used to fence. So like having that forward momentum. Oh yeah. The right of way system. Exactly. It was essentially that, hmm. that if you were, that if you had the higher initiative in that moment, it was because you had the, the right of way, except it was with dueling where maybe, maybe you cannot have the right of way and still cut someone. Yeah. But you know, yeah. It was an interesting little thing to say. One of the, one of the other things I just wanted to mention this before I forget is because so you may at times also want to perform special actions. Okay. Like like um fate typically blocks out its combat into zones and sort of says there's a little bit of fighting going on over here, there's a little bit of fighting going on over here, but if you want to move between them, then you have to like make an extra action because like if we have if you're turning your back on all of the combat or whatever that's happening in one zone, all of those people are going to be able to outmaneuver you basically. Right, which makes some sense. Mm-hmm. And so the way that Tachyon Squadron does that is you basically have another ladder. Um, okay. And so what you have to do is you have to say, I'm going to move between zones and basically dive down your ladder 
to get to the special level, which is at the bottom all the time, and spend a turn there. And then when you, uh, after you have spent a turn there, you switch to the next zone, you roll like new, and now you're maneuvering in the other zone. So like you're, so you've been dogfighting out in, uh, out in space, and then like you swing around to the other side of the capital ship, or like you swing yeah, into do- an asteroid belt. Yeah, the and example like, they use is the fighter screen of like you're you've all flown out towards the battle star and yeah. they've sent out their Cylons and you're fighting and now you're gonna dive towards the battle star directly or the, the base okay. star directly yeah. to attack them. So you've like snuck past, but there is gonna be that moment where you're like out alone in space moving between areas and yeah, everyone yeah. sees you. <laughs> okay, that totally makes sense. I had thought so I want to get also kind of, oh that's so I simultaneously really like things that fate is doing yeah and don't mm-hmm. because like that's one of those things that sounds really cool and like I look at it and I go like oh I love having that system for it it's so cool having that moment where like you like you know you swing out of the alley and suddenly you're there and you're looking around and you're like uh oh but but that's so much work to get there. Yeah. Like this yeah, this yeah. is not I mean and this isn't all of fate right here and I I'm I know that lots of people run fate elegantly without any trouble and view it like hey I can drop in fate. Um but this seems like it's it's actually a relatively crunchy thing going on. You you could have yeah. like four different ladders happening. You could I think generally you're talking about one or two. Okay. Um but there are definitely, like, yeah, you could definitely have a, bu- a bunch of different ladders if you were doing a bunch of different ship combats. Okay. And, and, and really, it is, like, you roll, like, the place, like, I haven't even gotten into the crunchy part of the system either. <laughs> so, like, because pretty much you're just doing, like, a, okay, it's the beginning of the maneuver round. Am I chasing someone? Is someone chasing me? No, I'll roll to get a new position on the ladder. Okay. Um, and then you go on and do actions. The actions are pretty much just roll with a skill uh, mm-hmm. or whatever. There's a whole like equipment, uh, missiles, weapons, ship system <laughs> where like I have this gun, so it lets me do this, and it lets me turn like one of these die to max or okay. minimize one of these dice by turning it to a, a negative. So there's a whole bunch of crunchy like, what do I do? What's the difference between when I shoot rockets and when I shoot lasers? System, right? Which is but also again, something that that I hear and I go, oh, cool, that sounds fun. Uh, but then. It, it's fate is one of those systems that I've also always said um, w- runs very smoothly and can be just as narrative and just as like system minimalist yeah. as as anything else. Yeah. If you have an incredible level of system mastery. Right. I think that it definitely is something that requires that level of system mastery. But that's cool. But it's but good. That's cool. And, that's fine. And I wanna, there's, there's plenty this of thing really is, awesome, cool games that have that. Yeah. I just I wanted just, to talk. I just got distracted by like the idea of doing that and then like. Wait, but how many things have to happen to make that happen? But it's fine. And so yeah. I want to talk about some of the design that went into this maneuver system. Cool. And and some of the things that like the the where where you say oh that does so that's that some really cool things. I want to talk about that because like yeah we're definitely. a hacking podcast, and so I want to talk and like I immediately read this and I thought this is a really cool way to do this and have that kind of priority system. There's another game that just popped into my head. I can't remember the name of it. It was on the One Shot uh, Network's uh, One Shot show. It was on One Shot um, that you were, I want to say ninjas or something like that. And 
if you didn't have your initiative right next to each other, you couldn't attack each other. Hmm. It was something like it had a similar sort of ladder approach, but but that was just another thing that came to mind. They didn't play Shinobi Gami, did they? That may that may have been Shinobi Gami. Shinobi Gami, I don't think is is officially out. It's still being translated from Japanese. We played an early version of it. Okay. Um, and it does a very similar thing with like the skills that are similar, which is like who <laughs> like that is like a nuts amount of game design, assuming that they put thought into it, and I have to assume they did because the rest of the system like strongly implies that they did. Yeah, um, it was crazy, and it's that kind of same kind of ladder thing. Yeah, you have a a how fast are you moving speed uh, in Shinobi Gami? Are you moving yeah, at light speed? Are you moving at at like slow? And you can do more things if you're moving fast. But you're also more likely to hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's that, that came to mind. I wasn't sure because I, I vaguely remembered that you had played that, and so I was wanting to yeah. bring it up. Yeah, okay. and, and 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 like we, you briefly talked about, or you or you asked, um, does rolling at the beginning of every maneuver round uh, give you a new number, or does it add to your your current thing? Yeah, and I actually think that, that is an, another interesting way to change the system of like, yeah. If you are being outmaneuvered by a lot of people, that all of a sudden you're outmaneuvering them, I guess, is a little bit piloty. Um, yeah. But it kind of feels like maybe you should have to take some kind of an extra action to roll to get a new thing, mm-hmm. um, or to get a whole new number, or I don't know. But um, I could see I'm, some kind of thing where you roll just your dice, unless yeah. you're taking an action, in which case you roll dice plus your pilot in. Yeah. Yeah, although yeah, that yeah. that has the potential for like just infinitely raising everything, <laughs> unless you maybe yeah. like center center it at like the lowest person is at zero. Mm-hmm. But then you're also shifting numbers around. You've got a slide rule and yeah, yeah. yeah. Why did I um, want to do this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, me um, neither. <laughs> I immediately thought about our car racing game. Yeah. Which I think has moved largely away from the like who is literally ahead of who yeah. um, mechanic, but this is another because we wanted to move towards sort of a card based system. I think, or for living our, our life at a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> yeah, um, that is definitely important be, to us. This would be an interesting way to to do that because if you t- if you don't think about it as um, space, yeah, in three dimensions, you do think about it as car racing, yeah. Um, it does sort of track like who is close to you, and yeah, that's true. Um, and I like this idea that you—I'll have to send you a picture from the game of what this ladder looks like because when you have it like all placed out with a bunch of ships on it, it looks really cool, and yeah. it starts to look a little bit like uh, a car race and like car okay. positioning. And you would be able to like do actions against the people who are next to you uh, and mm-hmm. the people who are slower than you because you could always slow down. But unless you're doing like a special like punch it action to get up a higher, you'd have you'd struggle to get fast enough to get the people who are faster than you um yeah i think that would definitely have to be a system where you were just adding or subtracting um to your speed not a not a uh a thing full reposition full reposition and that would be very interesting to be where you um to play with the thing we talked about with having different kinds of dice for gears because that would be how you would try to like oh i've got to get like this person is four spaces ahead of me so i've got to try to get that that far but not too much farther so i don't want to be rolling two d20s yeah i want to probably be rolling some d6s um or i'll accidentally shoot far ahead of them right exactly and would give you that cool moment where like 
one person is like breaking and the other person is blasting ahead to try to catch up to them and they just blow and switch positions. Yeah. I'm going to send you this picture real quick. So that's what the the uh, maneuver chart looks like. Interesting. That's pretty cool. And then you've got things like um uh typical like fate or PBTA sort of like goon squatting where you'll have your hero fighters who are like solo, but you might have, um, I, f- I think they call them wings, where it's like two or three enemy fighters and then swarms where it's just like a whole bunch of enemy fighters all together. Um, yeah. And they move around like one, but they are more powerful. Now, now that I'm seeing it, I can absolutely see even more what you're talking about, that you could yeah. have the cars lined up. Um, and we'll include a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. We really talked about getting different objectives during the race. But a huge part of pretty much all racing fiction is taking out the other racers. Mm-hmm. And that's something we haven't really talked about a whole lot. This could be an interesting system that kind of lets us move into some of that, get some of that speed racer, some of that death race, some of that wacky racers, some of that uh, secret wars, uh, pod ghost rider thing, pod racer. Yeah. Let's just list more <laughs> more racing things. <laughs> Fast and Furious. Fast and the yeah, uh, all the could, things we said that I want that we want that game to be punch Edward Norton. Yeah, so I don't I I I I'm struggling because that game like swings radically back and forth between being very very <laughs> crunchy and like and like and and watching exactly where you are in relation to other people. Yeah, um, and and then very like just like free form. Here's a playing card that represents the next quarter mile. Yeah, yeah, which I think is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, yeah, I think that's, no, I like that. I think we're we've gotten really used to playing a lot of PBTA that mm-hmm. is crunchy in a very specific way. Yeah, but that is not the only kind of crunch that we can do. We, we've certainly played crunchier systems. Yeah, so I mean, this this game just kind of got me thinking about positioning because, like, obviously, s- positioning and where you are in space is very interesting and important yeah. for this kind of a game. And this system, which is which is really, I mean, at its core, is just an initiative system because you are just like talking about numbers. But the way that you yeah. deal with it, it's interesting. It would be like if you just took D anD D and said, "Here, everybody, roll initiative." You can only attack people who have less initiative than you. Yeah, and and it it asks some kind of interesting questions and kind of changes things in a sort of bizarre way on a narrative level. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say I'm the hotshot pilot that's like amazing and everything. Narratively, people should still be firing at me, even if mm-hmm. I'm higher up on the initiative track than they are. But I guess you would have to... I mean, I guess there's nothing to be said that you're not like... I fire a couple of pot shots at the ace pilot and it just misses by a lot. And as a GM or as a player, you should really be doing that to maintain the fiction. But it's interesting to think of like someone consistently rolling high and just not being attacked ever. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing that come that, that space combats that is that when that person <clears throat> dives in to go on like a bombing run or to yeah. to attack someone, they've got to commit to being on their tail. And I believe so when you're when you go in for an attack to get on their tail, which you can take attacks um that are where you're like way above them. But if you are just doing that, you're taking a snapshot, you're taking a, a reduced accuracy shot. If you really want to like 
attack someone, you've got to get on their tail first, which locks okay. them down from maneuvering, but it also locks you down from maneuvering, and you do drop down to wherever they are. You drop to the level one above them. Okay. That makes sense. So, so then yeah. if you are picking off someone who, if you're picking off just the next slowest person, then no one, then people are nearer to you at least. So maybe if they have some stunts that let them shoot upward, they can do yeah. so. But otherwise, but you, yeah, and, I can see that. And if you're the if you're the ace pilot who's going to be at the top all the time, um, you're going to inevitably need to make so like you're going to be expected to be the one who targets everyone uh, or the targets the like the important uh, enemies. Yeah. And if you do that, if they've rolled low, you're going to have to dive down to that low. Yeah, absolutely. And also, if, you, if you're talking about a, a mission where there is a space station or an enemy capital ship or something like that, yeah. um, those are in the special field at the very bottom. So if you're making a bombing run on them, I you think you have exposed. to drop down to that special level. Interesting. Okay. I'm not positive about that, but I think so, that's how it works. So if you're doing the Death Star run, although the Death Star run might be a different area. Yeah. When yeah, you yeah. are when you are taking your shot on the Death Star, that is putting you in danger. Yeah, well, and when you take your sh- when you move to the Death Star, like when you when you you're um, exposed. Yeah, you're moving like the, de- the 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 space above the Death Star to the trench would be different yeah. zones. Yeah, and so you would definitely have to to do that. Um, it would be interesting to also mess around with saying like if you did a zone that was. Oh, you could really mess around with things like have have a zone that is exactly the way the rules are designed and then have another zone that's like you have you're starting at a number and you're and you're rolling and you're trying to move down the down the ladder or up the ladder. Okay. And like say you move into the Death Star run. Yeah. So you start at negative three, the bottom of the ladder. Oh, okay, and yeah. When you, and then you're never, you're not like reducing your your position. You're just moving up the ladder every turn, and yeah. only when you get to the nine do you get to launch torpedoes and try to take out the Death Star. With with probably the the rules on engagement swapping around, that you have to be lower than somebody. You have to be behind yeah. them, yeah, to take those shots. And you would have different turrets positioned in different places and stuff like that to shoot at you and they could shoot down yeah yeah um that's interesting interesting okay that's cool i think there's some interesting ways that you could play around with this yeah i think so oh man i just i feel like it's very cool and 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 it just Mm -hmm. screams car racing to me for some reason because again like i don't know we we have kind of have like a chimera game of a thousand mechanics uh and eventually (laughs) we're gonna have to pick what kind of game we want to be but i think this is definitely another version of how we could do that yeah, I think at some point we will be doing an episode on cutting away the stuff that doesn't work. Because, like, let me just tell you, I went, I just recently went through uh, Pasión de las Pasiones and cut a lot. And that mm-hmm. kind of cutting really has made the game so much better. And I'm really excited for people to see the upcoming version of it. But, like, there were a lot of times that I had to go, okay, is this working? Is this actually important? No, snip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we might we might have to. I I can see this game getting bigger and bigger. I kind of like the idea also of taking this system for that kind of a, a Errol Flynn style um, sword fighting game. It's very much about like two people with rapiers facing off against each other, 
Um, yeah. And you could have an interesting kind of a system where you had to be within a certain number of each other to attack. Yeah. I think that could be really interesting. I mean, like, honestly, as we were describing some of this stuff, I initially was going, oh, you know, being Daredevil, running down the alleyway and stuff like that. But the more I started saying that, the more I started picturing, like, three musketeers Mm -hmm. coming down the alleyway and swinging around. And I mean, like, I know Fate already has the three rocketeers. This could be something that could be interesting to, like, bounce on top of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and definitely you would have things like you would have your big brute squads who couldn't maneuver as well and your athletic daredevil style heroes or your 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 crazy um uh Inigo Montoya's could like just pr- uh dance and swing around them. The um, Lady of Winter and always be able to get the drop on them. And that would be interesting. Mo- like monitoring a melee combat uh, with this sort of a, a structure would be interesting. Yeah, I could see that being really cool. I I really want I want a fighting in hallways game. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that uh, Robert Bull was working on on that at one point as a PBTA experiment. I, I think he ended up swapping to a different game though. So I still need a fighting in hallways game. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you do this with PBTA? Like how would I how would I do I was gonna say, like literally if we just wanted to use this kind of system to do something like that kind of street level daredevil style combat in like a masks game. Yeah. Like, we happen to run a, a couple masks games. Like <laughs> we play or, that occasionally. Or, or like this would be interesting in a um you could drop this kind of a system. Uh you could drop this kind of a system in not as a racing game, but as a uh, like a Mad Max style uh, road warrior game and just use mm, Apocalypse yeah. World and do a, a, a road mission. Yeah, th- it's this is an interesting thing to figure out how to add on top of something for PBTA because, frankly, initiative in PBTA... It's the, like, it kind of doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, I don't know part. if it does. It might be that it does. And I'm always hesitant to say X is core to PBTA, but... If there is one thing that's core to PBTA, it's that the game is a conversation. Yeah. And so initiative is maybe the one thing that moves it from being a conversation to not. Yeah, I, it, may, it moves it to being a structured conversation, at least. Yeah. The pro- like, the problem with that is always you're limited by the player. Yeah. And so if you have that like that like if you have the crazy uh talented Errol Flynn Inigo Montoya style sword fighter who's yeah. piloting the most agile spaceship but being played by someone who's kind of shy and new at the table and doesn't yeah. want to speak up, well then they're never going to be part of the conversation. Their character should be part of the narrative and they've maybe picked a bad character to play. Well, I mean a lot of that has to do with GM duties of spotlighting. Yeah. And additionally, uh, moves moves should point at other players. That's that's one of the big things that people lots of times will miss when they're putting together a PBTA game is that moves should the more moves that interact with another player, the better yeah. your spotlighting yeah, yeah. is. So like think of masks that directly engage a threat includes um that an ally has an opportunity. Yeah, it's the it's the waterfall thing. Um, exactly. Or the snowball. It's the snowball thing. Snowball. Where, like, you want not only the the moves to snowball, but also you want the spotlight to snowball. Exactly. And, I mean, as the GM, you should also be doing that. 
Uh, but the moves do some of the lifting for that, where it's like, oh, one of the moves is separate the people in the party. That's going to be one of the things that if you do that, it increases spotlight. If you then focus back on the person who's still there, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like that that's kind of a, a tug and a push and pull in terms of like initiative and PBTA. Yeah. Here's a thing that I could see. I could see a thing where where you have a kind of a hold mechanic like team, like you have an amount of of momentum, right? Uh, or even an amount of initiative. And moves give you give you more initiative or take away initiative and like spend initiative, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like kind of in sort of the same fate milieu of making advantages mm-hmm. you need to build up your momentum before you can attack which is which is a thing we had talked about in the the, the car racing game actually yeah no oh, that's true <laughs> um uh, so like I, I, I could see a thing where like you know you're daredevil you're looking down an alleyway there's a bunch of of guys down there and then there's the kingpin mm-hmm. uh the kingpin is at let's say let's say he's at momentum five right he has momentum five you have to have five hold or more to attack him Mm -hmm. you build up the hold by fighting in the alley uh on any on any 10 plus you increase your hold by one your momentum goes up uh then you get to a point that you can then fight him and then you're able to fight him i almost feel like it should be the opposite like if the kingpin is at the end of the alleyway, he's not moving. He's waiting for you to come to him. He's more like he's down in that special zone, and mm. that that and special zone. And if you attack zone. him first, then and if you attack him first, you've just like you've if you if you run straight down the initiative, and and reduce your manu- your your own momentum and maneuverability to zero because you're just you've run through this whole hallway. Maybe yeah. you can do that. But then all of the other, like his goons who are in that hallway are above you now. You're not just fighting the kingpin. You're fighting everyone else. Yeah. And they're so, behind you. So I guess the question is whether the goal is kind of a genre and narrative momentum or whether it's kind of literal momentum. Because yeah. I was kind of going, getting into that narrative momentum space that like, hey, if it's the daredevil and a bunch of baddies you fight the baddies first and i I still think it's both though because if you think about the way those fights in the daredevil tv show are structured like Mm -hmm. usually daredevil is going in pumped and like he's he starts the fight taking on three guys and he's leaping across the wall and he's fighting people and he has the the upper hand because he's got yeah his full momentum but as he starts to attack people he's losing momentum because he's targeting them and opening himself up to be hit by other people and by the end of those fights he's like at the bottom of a staircase barely like standing up with one other guy yeah leading against him and then they fall over together and then he's like barely pulling himself up again and so he is and like the in terms of the momentum of the scene the speed and, and the, the, the pacing of it is very hot at the top, but much slower toward the end. And, and this, is, this is why we need a game that is specifically fighting in hallways, right? Yeah. That it's that genre, because that is very different from, like, 
from Superman, right? Yeah. Or like Captain America, where where he's dealing with things easily, and at the end he's he's not even breathing heavy, right? He, yeah. he doesn't breathe heavy until he's ready to fight Red Skull. Um, but so so like kind of separating those two things out, like there's something to be said for he Daredevil can't do big serious stuff at the beginning of the fight. Yeah. Right. And so like, that's what I'm talking about, like the narrative momentum. I guess you're, I guess you're saying. Um, if he starts off by taking out Kingpin, then the fight's over. He's he's won already, right? Right. But with the way this thing works is the way that would more play focused on out. Like the, okay. So so let's grab a different example then. Uh, you're Spider-Man. You're chasing Carnage. Um, yeah. And so in order to catch up to Carnage, in order to make an attack against Carnage, in order to make the roll... You need a web slinging of five Mm -hmm. and you will get that web slinging by making rolls to do things to deal with carnage. Right. Mm -hmm. So tipping over trash cans and and stuff like that. I was going to say like knocking things off of buildings and throwing innocents and like hurting people. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's tipping over trash cans. That's the most aggressive thing I can imagine carnage doing. Yeah, Carnage is known for tipping over trash cans. He yeah. he knocks over like a bunch of he drops some marbles. Yeah, he's not into recycling. He is not. Um so yeah, so so you make your roll to to jump over the trash can and ride it. Uh and when you do that, you build up some momentum. Mm-hmm. And then like as you're running, you you call Mary Jane and you're like, hey, you need to do this thing. And you use your comfort and support move in in doing, or use your provoke move in doing this, and that is still giving you momentum because it's more about the narrative than about actual physical momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's how I would do it. And so then, you're like, once you've got your hold up to his level, then you're able to start directly dealing with him and fighting him, right? Yeah. And yeah. you've got multiple people doing that as well. So like everyone's and like maybe shifting momentum from different players and stuff like that. I think that could be really neat. Yeah, yeah, and um, you can even use that same track, like because that track is, if we're being real, that track is a number that every player has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just listing it out there. Um, I had a a whole other thought that I just want to like throw out there. Okay. Um, so the way that I've imagined this working in like a in a masks game to try to like or in a, a special like uh fights in hallways yeah uh, superhero game is that obviously like you don't use this all the time like if you have another no, fight yeah. somewhere else it's just like when you're in a hallway or you're like you're chasing carnage down a, a narrow street yeah uh, kind of thing and so it's 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 used sp- sparingly to make things feel dramatic and and almost it's used to like I feel like there is an aspect of an aspect of <laughs> of slowing time down a little bit because yeah. this is like everything in 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 normal PBTA sort of feels fast usually especially with yeah. the heroes um because people are just throwing out things there's no initiative you're just kind of moving and describing actions and things are snowballing but this is very much a like let's talk about the next 6 seconds of dogfighting yeah, um, definitely. Which is very interesting, and that's definitely how like playing through that, um, uh, playing through the 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 fight in a hallway feels. Yeah, fighting in a hallway should feel a Longer little laborious. Than it is, yeah, um, yeah. I want to come back later and talk about like a cowboy shootout like this, <laughs> um, because maybe that's another thing. But um, but the other thing I was thinking about I mean, is uh, I think integral to 
the the way that a a superhero fight like that would work would be that you would definitely so like in masks when you take a hit you yeah. mark a condition and yeah. that immediately starts to affect the way you fight yes and i think that that cannot be the case i feel <laughs> like 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 if you are daredevil you, i mean maybe there are some things like maybe one or two of like conditions you take hit you immediately but I like the idea that you're running on momentum basically and outmaneuvering people and yeah. and then all of a sudden you're done and the the fight is over and all five of the conditions that you had marked during combat all hit you at once and you're like oh god life I, is I horrible. I do think that definitely yeah that definitely masks versus fighting in hallways masks you're looking at the emotional moments. Yeah. And fighting in hallways like as long as you keep pushing yourself you're not slowing down yet. Yeah. Right. It's not like until... that, that's, that's what those that's that entire genre of superhero stuff. Yeah. It's is... not until you've fought through the hallway and gotten all the goons and you've had your standoff against the uh, not the kingpin, but his like his second in command. And you've defeated that person in a big ninja fight on a roof that you're like, Oh God, all that damage I took, it all kicked in. It's time to go collapse on someone's couch now. Right. And if you stop moving, if you stop your momentum, then you lose and the hand gets you. Yeah. And like, and, and that's really, I think where that game kind of is on plus one forward. They were talking about, uh, the sword, the crown and the unspeakable power. And they were talking about advancement in PBTA games being like juggling knives that yeah. uh, every time you take an advance, you get a new knife and it's amazing and you're juggling all of these knives and one of them is going to fall and kill you. And I think that that kind of is that to the extreme is where this uh, this hallway game is. Mm. Uh, <laughs> James, we've started three new games. I know, I can't. I can't do that. Are, are we going to get hate mail because we said that fate is crunchier than PBTA? No, I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I think Fate is a crunchy game. People need to stop pretending like it's not a crunchy game. It's a crunchy right? game. It's a crunchy They're, game, which is fine. It's a good crunch, and it's uh, it does some interesting things with storytelling and world building that I like. The ability to overcome obstacle or like the ability to yeah. inter it has a, it has an inherent to the way that you play um, an interaction with the the world around you. That mm-hmm. fate just kind or that that PBTA just doesn't have, right? Like you've got a move in in masks that is unleash your powers, which that is for you when you're using your powers to interact with the environment. Yeah, but that's wholly different from saying I have a whole move that's just create advantages that is yeah. all about changing the world around you. Yeah, and like making an advantage or overcoming an obstacle and changing the world around you in fate is like this stuff sticks around and continues to be important and yeah. like overcome an obstacle and masks with unleash your powers or really in any pbta game is like hey the gm said something scary and dangerous and i don't want it on my face yeah 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 and i and think then that- once it's passed it's passed and i think that there is a there is a way in which having mechanics having crunch having yeah. a, a system that has pluses and minuses and more than the, just the like the the twos or threes that that masks or something has yeah where if i am doing a thing 
to create an, an advantage. Like if I'm laying down covering fire or if I'm yeah. setting a room on fire or something like that. Um, and that gives you a mechanical plus one. Yeah. And a whole bunch of people are doing that. If we are playing the defenders and like I as Luke Cage break down a door and create an, 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 uh, create an advantage of clear shot to the kingpin that lets yeah. you into that room. And then, um, and, and other people are doing abilities. Um, I definitely can remember other people on the defenders. Um, I just can't think of any good examples. Um, and Iron, if they, Iron Fist is telling the kingpin who he is. If they're it's distracting, if they're doing all of these things that give you plus pluses so that yeah. when you as Daredevil make your big roll to attack the Kingpin, you're getting yeah. a huge mechanical bonus. That's much more tangible and feels like teamwork than yeah. than even masks. Pretty like vague, like you spend team, um, but yeah. it's not there's not a great like it doesn't tell you what that means. Yeah, like that's the thing that that I like about it is it it is a mechanical bonus, but it is a mechanical bonus because someone literally did a story thing, like, yeah, and like yes, you're doing a story thing with team, but I I get exactly what you mean that it feels different, and if I it, it has there there's a level of satisfaction that comes from that because I, I remember yeah. when we've played Fate that I've gone like oh I'm tapping this aspect this aspect and this aspect oh we've got these two things that are already set up. And so I'm going to do this very cool thing. Yeah, when everything comes together for that one big hit, like even yeah. it, like in masks, like I've I've talked to you about this, how unsatisfied I am with that created advantage uh, choice. But it's like, what does that mean? It doesn't like it. I mean, it tells you like when you when you are directly engaging a threat, you will yeah. create an advantage. But that's different than saying like what I want to do is uh, lay down covering fire, and that's my goal. Like right. creating an advantage for your teammate is a thing that you can that it can be your primary goal that you are rolling to do in fate. It's a and side effect of something else you are doing in masks. Well, in masks, that would not be directly engaging a threat. That would be unleashing your powers. Okay. And the GM is supposed to give opportunities where opportunities make sense. Mm-hmm. If you lay down covering fire in a way that it's like, yes. The other person can definite should definitely have the drop on the person now, then that eliminates the need for a roll, right? Then they're not directly engaging a threat. They're smacking Kingpin in the back of the head while he isn't expecting it. Yeah. I just but feel like it I still I feel like that, that feels very different. It's it it feels more like like, okay, I did a thing that gave you an opportunity, so now the spotlight is gonna shift to you. It was probably gonna do that anyway. Mm, yeah, and so if you don't have a, a great GM, and like I think you do do a good job in our games of masks of making sure it feels like a real opportunity and not like something that the player would have been able to do anyway, right? Yeah, but because it is so freeform, yeah, it could just be like, a, oh, I created an opportunity, so now it's your turn to just go like you would have otherwise. Yeah. Whereas if they are building actual advantages in a way that you have to tap them and you have to make sure that you're making mention of them and all of that, yeah. then it's going to be tied in. They're two very different experiences. And I got to yeah. say, sometimes I go for more of that crunch. That, that, that crunch. <laughs> that crunch. 
So let's let's uh, let's wrap up because I think that was a good episode. We kind of like we did what I wanted to do. We <laughs> talked about this initiative system. Um, we had done a we've previously have done an episode about initiative. Yeah. It was very early on. This is a new thing, and I've just like I've been reading this game. You should go back it on Kickstarter. The Evil Hat guys are phenomenal. I've played with some of the people who play tested this game. Uh, I haven't met <laughs> PK, but I trust PK a lot because oh. he wrote he wrote another Fate game because. Uh, um, the three, the three Rocketeers is phenomenal. And those people are good and they love fate and I trust their uh, opinions on stuff. Yeah. And this game is good. When you back them, you immediately get the game. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> I, there's not a whole lot that you could say about that. <laughs> like, I'm going to get a hardcover or I think uh, some physical copy of the game at some point. But like, I have the PDF right now. I could go play but, this tomorrow. But James, how do you know that they're going to finish the game? <laughs> um. Well, for one, they're evil hat. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, they know true. what they're doing, uh, but also they they like already have. <laughs> they have. They finished the game. Um, they have nice. a whole bunch of other stuff. Like they, um, I'm really excited for. Um, they've hit a couple of their goals. It's very heavy <laughs> on. Um, you've like you laugh like you, that's a joke, but I was joking. But... but it's a very it's very heavy on like you've got to choose a, a stat block of your ships. Oh, okay. And so there's only a couple in the core book and with rules for how to make your own. Yeah. But they are going to do some other, they're going to release some other ships. They're going to release some like Top Gun rules. Um, I think one of the last, <laughs> uh, one of the last bits is releasing uh, mech combat. <laughs> nice. Which I really want. Um, so go back them. I'm not associated with them in any way. I just really like their games. And uh, this game looks really cool. I've been reading it over and over again, trying to wrap my head around it. And it looks, if you're in any way into uh, that kind of dogfighting combat, this looks like a game for you. So remember the description that I put together with like building the hold in order to fight Carnage? Yeah. You could use that for a Top Gun movie also. Ooh. Where you need to where the where the actions are like really big actions like mm-hmm. um have an entire fight yeah yell at your superiors and uh and tower. when you when you hit to when you hit the like five hold ten hold whatever it is you get to play volleyball nice right <laughs> perfect that's a that's a game put that in the books <laughs> done write it down yeah um if you get up to five hold or you roll high enough on your piloting, you can find us on Twitter at Stop, Pack, and Roll, or me individually at Dr. Captain Cobalt. And I'm at End the Meltdowns. And like, Twitter is a great place to listen to me rant about this game. I discovered it on Twitter from other people talking about it. So it's a cool place. Uh, you can find our episodes, uh, some of the games that we've been working on. We need to desperately update that. Um, and information about, like, check out our show notes. We've started to do some episodes where we're talking about games again. So those show notes are going to include links to where you can find those games. Um, because that's a thing we hadn't done for a little while because we had stopped talking about other people's games. Um, <laughs> but all of that is at stophackandroll.com. Uh, if for some reason you want to say things that are longer than 280 characters, you can email us at James or Brandon at stopbackandroll.com. Yeah, find our podcast uh, on iTunes, um, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, all those places where podcasts are sold. Um, find it, look it up, read the description. I'm sure you're already familiar with it if you're listening. Um, rate us, review us. Uh, give us thumbs ups, five stars. Um, if you can find a little button with a bell, uh, click it, I guess. 
Um, I don't know what'll happen, but it'll help other people find our podcast. Talk to the people. Talk to people about our podcast on Twitter. We make this podcast with the support of our amazing Patreon backers. Welcome to our newest backer, Patrick Lindsay, and big thanks to continuing backers: Benj, Mike Fielding, Savannah Silverman, Rob Harvey, Alice Tobin, Chad Owen, Anthony Nomorosa, Chris Newton, and Zoe Rich, as well as everybody else yeah yeah with with patrick Lindsay's backing we now are making over a hundred dollars on patreon which is gonna That's wild it's crazy but so if you'd like to support us on patreon uh you can check that out at patreon.com slash stop hack and roll if you can't support us financially then you can support us by joining our community and being a part of it uh, a huge part of what makes this show work is that we are in constant contact with so many different people uh we have a wildly active discord at tinyurl.com slash shr discord or discord.stophackandroll.com uh if you're not familiar with discord it's basically like a little chat room with audio features and a bunch of different channels it's it's super cool tons of game design is happening there all always um if yeah. you, like you basically could have gotten a preview of like 70% of the 200 word RPG contest entries by being in that discord. Yeah. Plus all of my hottest takes about all of the CW superhero shows. <laughs> oh yeah. Important things like that. Yep. Uh, and, and me struggling my way through the 2015 secret wars event. Yep. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Why are there so many Thors? So, 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 as you are getting into your Viper, pulling on your helmet, and shooting out that tube, ready to go fight some uh, space robots, don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. This is... I blew up your Minecraft building. Find the stupid thing because I'll forget the word and it's a fate thing that I should use. <laughs> um... We make this we make this support. We make this Patreon. We make this backer. <clears throat> you heard me. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. We build backers. <laughs> Uh, we bring the backer we, to the top of our clock tower. We strike our back with lightning. Yeah, that's what we do. We do that.